Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring, and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining in today. It makes me so happy how excited you guys are for this publishing series. It has been a blast to produce this series, and it makes me excited how many of you guys want to write a book. It is a complicated process. The publishing world is pretty tough to navigate if you've never done it before. And so I'm really thrilled to be able to pull back the curtain and show you guys behind the scenes in the publishing world. Today, I'm really excited to do a solo show for you on how to write a book and get it published. We've already talked with Keely about how to get a literary agent. So be sure to listen to that episode if you haven't already. Then we talked to Taylor Hughes about his experience, both self-publishing and then also working with a traditional publisher. And then today, we're actually going to talk about how do you write a book and get it published, which is probably the most important part of the process. So in case you're new here and you don't know who I am, I'm Caroline Fossil. Hi, nice to meet you. I am a cookbook author. So the first book that I ever published was a cookbook. It's called Prep Cook Freeze. And I published that with a publishing company called Page Street. So they do a lot of cookbooks, which is really fun. And so I've done a cookbook. And then currently I'm in process working with Tyndale, a Christian publisher, on a nonfiction book. I have written both a cookbook and a book. And It's really important to distinguish what we're talking about here because the only thing that I can speak to is writing a cookbook and writing a nonfiction book. And I have zero experience writing a fiction book thus far. Who knows? Maybe in my future I'll write something fiction. But that is what I'll be able to be speaking to today. And if you want to be a fiction author, I do think a lot of this will still apply But I would also encourage you to find other fiction authors who can give you a different perspective. So when you want to write a book, I think it's first really important to think about your audience. Who are you writing for? And what are their biggest needs? And does your audience really need this book? What could happen is you have an idea for a book, but... When publishing houses are looking at this project, they might think, oh, Caroline has this really cool idea about how to save the whales, and that, that's this book she wants to write. And then they look at my audience and they think, first of all, Caroline's not the person to write this book. I don't work with whales every day. I don't know a lot about whales, so I'm not the person to write this book. And number two, they'll look at my audience that I put in the book proposal, and no, this audience probably isn't super interested in reading a book about saving the whales, right? The questions to ask yourself are, what is a book that either only you could write or you could bring a brand new perspective to this book? So that's really important. 
to be able to answer the question, why you, right? Why should you be the one to write this book? So that's really important. And then just thinking about your audience, who have you already built a community for, built relationships with? And then if you're not at that stage yet, which is totally understandable and can come later, if you have a certain book and you have a certain topic, maybe it's important to think about who that would be written to. And then as you're building your audience after the fact, keep that in mind. Like I'm writing this for a certain audience. And so that needs to be who you attract. So then you're going to start thinking about the writing process. Okay. So I personally use a software called Scrivener. That's S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R. And I want to say it's like $50 for a license. And it's really helpful because it helps me Here, let me actually pull my manuscript up right now, which all of this could change because I haven't sent it to my editor yet. But I basically have folders for health and wellness, which is the first quarter of my book, environment, which is the next quarter, connection and faith. And then within those four quarters and sections, then I have my three documents for each chapter. It's really helpful to keep yourself organized and you can keep lots of separate documents in one place. Additionally, I have a folder called extra content. It's stuff that I maybe, uh, maybe like I put a bunch of research in one place. Okay, didn't make it into the book. So then I keep the overflow, extra research, extra notes to myself, stuff like that in an individual document for each chapter. So anyway, I love Scrivener and it was very helpful in my writing process. Additionally, at the bottom, it tells you how many words you've written. So you don't have to be constantly checking, like doing a word count check. It's just right there at the bottom for you. I personally suggest Scrivener. You could absolutely work in Microsoft Word. You could work in Google Docs. I do recommend having a backup. So very frequently, I had a Google Doc for each chapter. And anytime I made updates, I would just like copy, select all, copy, paste into the Google Doc so that I had the most up-to-date version somewhere, right? And and not just on Scrivener, because if I'm exclusively writing on Scrivener and I lose my computer, it's completely gone, which is so stressful because Scrivener is like a desktop application. It's not in the cloud anywhere. I actually heard Bob Goff share before that one of his books he had like completely written And he like lost, his computer was maybe stolen. I think he was international, like he was maybe even in Africa and his entire laptop got stolen out of a car and he had to completely rewrite it, which like I cannot even imagine. Word to the wise, keep backups of what you're writing. Okay, one of the very most basic things that you need to do is decide on a topic. Like we already talked about, think about your audience, think about what they need, think about what you love to talk about. And also, I really do think that this is a good time to look at the market, see what's already out there, okay? So when I was trying to decide what my book was going to be about, my whole entire life has been dedicated to finding the most healthy, the most intentional way to live my life. So that was really interesting to me and what I wanted to do. But then, so then I did some research and looked at what was already in the market. Are there any books exactly like this? If so, you can still write it if you bring a new, fresh perspective to it. 
And also for your book proposal, are self-publishing or you haven't found a traditional publisher yet, you're going to have to provide comps, which stands for comparisons, books that are similar in nature from people who have similar audiences to give the publisher an idea of this is what we're thinking. And so you're going to have to do this research anyway. I think it's really helpful to do it before you are really uh, locked into your idea because you can start to get a sense of what has already been done and what gaps are in the market. So definitely look around at what other people have done and how can you provide a new, fresh take, fresh perspective. Additionally, this is definitely the stage that you are going to be wanting to read these other books that have already come out. I do not know how many hundreds of books I have read, skimmed over, looked into for writing my book. Granted, I am writing a nonfiction book. I want to be sure that the information that I'm putting in this book is at the forefront of research, that it's accurate, that And that I'm also not just overstating what everybody else has said. I do a lot of reading in order to write my book. In the same way, you'll want to do as much research as possible. Say you're talking about hydration, right? You want to see what are scientists studying with hydration? Is there anything I can add here that would be beneficial? Not only just reading books that are already published, but also looking in scientific literature. If you are not trained at looking at studies and stuff, be sure to find someone who is, who can help you interpret a study and decide how to concisely put it in your book. My husband is very helpful with this because he's a physician and trained, has to look at studies all the time and participate in studies and publish studies. So he's, he's a great help in this regard. So yes, gather. There's a huge period of time that you'll just be gathering information to help really narrow down your idea and decide how to make it different. So once you have decided that, from there, honestly, I think that the majority of writing for me is comes down to outlining. Okay, so for your book proposal, if you already had to write a book proposal and you have a publisher, then you will already have had to write out your chapter titles and also a brief summary of each chapter. If you don't have a publisher yet, definitely start there. You are going to want to know from the beginning, if you don't have a publisher, you need to decide for yourself how many words you want your book to be. I would do some research if you're self-publishing and that's your plan how many words, let's say you are writing a book about metabolism, okay? You're going to want to be looking at other books in that kind of space and genre in that nonfiction kind of scientific space. See about how many words they are and you're gonna wanna be generally in the same realm. Different types and categories and genres of books typically stick in the same amount of word count, okay? So then you decide from there, how are we going to break it down? And that's where the outline comes in. So for me, I was assigned 60,000 words from Tyndale. So I can provide them more than 60,000 words, but it has to be at least 60,000 words. So I knew I was going to have four sections, 12 chapters, three chapters in each section. And so that breaks down to about 5,000 words per chapter. So that's my goal. So you want to have your goal in mind, your end goal. Okay, 
what are we trying to do here? How many words? How many chapters? How many words per chapter? With that in mind, definitely start by breaking down your book into chapters. And then from there, I broke down my chapter. That was absolutely what I started doing first was outlining each chapter. And I'm talking bullet points upon bullet points of these are my four main points. And then within those main points, here are a bunch of the things that I want to talk about. And then once I started writing, it was so simple for me to basically take one section at a time and be like, okay, 500 words here. Okay, great. 500 words here. So I would take a topic like my food chapter on what the heck should we be eating is broken down into food groups. So then I can say, okay, meat and seafood. Let's go get after it. Let's write this section. And even more than that, within that, it's okay, I'm going to talk about meat and seafood and the organic label first, and I'll write that. Then I'll go to regenerative agriculture, and I'll write that. It makes it breaking up your chapters, outlining your chapters into bite-sized chunks is absolutely mission critical. When you are sitting at the base of a mountain that is your book writing and you have 60,000 words to write, breaking it up into bite-sized chunks is like a non-negotiable, I think. In addition to that, you need to have a deadline. So I personally can't do much of anything without a deadline. I've even hired people who work with me before and I'm like, hi, you're going to need to pretend that um, you're my boss and you need to give me deadlines because I or I have to like self-impose deadlines for things because I just can't work without a deadline. If you have a publishing contract with a publisher, you will have a writing deadline. Mine is coming up on November 1st. If you do not, you need to set a firm deadline for yourself. From there, you need to work backwards and create a writing schedule for yourself. So how many days do you want to write between now and when your due date is for yourself or for your publisher? And then from there, create a writing schedule. Can you write Monday through Friday, two to three hours at a time? Do you want to write more than that, less than that? Just like we broke down your book into chapters and your chapters into an outline, you'll want to break down your writing schedule to keep you on track. You also might work faster than you expect or slower than you expect. There are definitely times that I can write three plus thousand words at one time. I'm also writing way more than I'm supposed to. So I currently have, I want to say 98,000 words and I'm supposed to have 60,000, which is so funny because I remember my editor in one of our conversations before I signed was like, okay, so you've never written a nonfiction book. How do you feel about the writing process? I'm like, girl, I struggle to have a small enough amount of words. Like I am chatty in life. And apparently I'm also a very chatty writer. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. Sorry, Tyndale. In editing it down, if we really do want to get it down to 60,000 words. So once you've written for a week or two, you will start to feel your pace. And for me, the sections that are just like I'm telling a story or I'm just writing about my opinions, my thoughts, those go really fast. Like sometimes I'll pause and be like, let me calculate how many words I've written and it will be like a thousand. And I just blinked and 20 minutes later, I have a thousand words. And then other times, if I'm having to intake a lot of information and synthesize that, like I'm looking at research, then that takes the longest for sure. Like that really slows me down. So it also depends on what you're writing. 
And then let me say this too. So for a cookbook, you would still do it the same way. You want to break down your cookbook that your publisher would tell you, we're going to do a chapter on salads, a chapter on one pot meals, a chapter on whatever. Break down your recipes that you're going to be doing. And then you're going to need to have a cooking schedule and take notes. If you're doing a cookbook, absolutely, you will not remember. So you have to take notes the whole time. You will make the recipes time and time again before you turn them in. And I even had recipe testers who tested all my recipes, gave me feedback. That was so important for making sure our weeks of of meal planned meals, like the prep time wasn't too long. So that changed a lot for us, just having recipe testers. So I would really recommend that. Additionally, I would suggest writing every single day if you can. Take weekends off if you're able to, but otherwise sit down and write every single day. I most likely, like I function with the assumption that I have ADHD and I essentially have written this book by hyper-focusing on writing for one to three hours every single day. And I think having that disciplined time to write is crucially important for like continuing to move towards your goal. One thing that my editor, Kara, actually told me at the beginning was do not edit as you go. I have done certain things like, oh, okay, this whole section of 500 words would fit a lot better up here. I've done that kind of editing, but I have not been removing content. Here's why. You can, you if you're working with a traditional publisher, you can submit more words, like I said, and if they might want to take stuff out and keep it and make it like a pre-order bonus or make it a blog post on your website that kind of points back to your book and stuff like that. So it's so much better to have way too much to say that you pare down to just mission critical stuff than it is to have too few words and you try to fluff it out with more. That is not where you want to be. So do not edit as you go. Additionally, I would suggest getting away if you can. So for me, this looks like going to our place in Keystone and writing for one day, two days, a weekend. You can go to a coffee shop. I think that counts as getting away. You can go to the library. It's free and often has rooms that you can go in. Honestly, what I try to do is go somewhere where I don't have other responsibilities. So in my house, I'm like, oh, man the kitchen's a wreck, or this space is messy, or I should be doing something else. So it's really helpful to get somewhere where you have no other responsibilities. I honestly write the absolute best on an airplane. And I also think that's because my computer's on airplane mode. I don't have Wi-Fi. And so if you can recreate that within your environment, turn off your Wi-Fi, just be in a place where the only thing you're going to do is write. If you feel like you need research somewhere, Write that in a note. On that note, (laughs) as I was writing, anytime that I didn't necessarily want to write something right that second, but I knew I wanted it in my book, what I would do is put something in bold and put it in red. Okay. This is so important. This was really helpful for me at the end. So when I wanted to flesh something out more, I wanted to write more. Sometimes I even would put more here, just in all caps and red. So then when I'm at the end, I'm reading through, I'm looking over everything before I submit. I know anything in red as I'm scrolling through needs to be finished 
needs to be solidified and finalized. So that's a great way to be able to come back to something if you don't want to do it right away and a way that you don't forget that you want to add things. And then towards the end of the writing process, which is where I am now, I'm going through my notes and my outline at the top. Here are the things I have left to do. Here are the things I need to add to this chapter. And staying organized in that manner has been really helpful. Okay, now that you have fully written your book, it's time to decide on your publishing route. We talked with Taylor last week about going the self-publishing route or the traditional publishing route. And I'm just going to briefly outline kind of the difference between the two. If you need your book quickly, then I highly suggest going the self-publishing route. Taylor even gave us a coupon for 100% off his code, his course on publishing, on self-publishing. So I will add that in the show notes if you're curious about that. The time it takes from when you sign a contract with a publisher to being published is about two years. So yes, of course that time is going to pass anyway. You can totally wait it out and write your book, work with a traditional publisher. But if you need your book quickly, self-publishing is the way to go. Additionally, with a traditional publisher, you get an advance, which is cool. It's different per publisher, but traditionally when you sign, you get a portion of it. When you turn in your manuscript, you get a portion of it. Pub date, you get a portion of it. The difference being that if you self-publish, you only give a small percentage to Amazon, let's say, and then you're keeping the rest of the profit. Whereas with a traditional publisher, your royalty amount is significantly less than that. So it could be argued that you can make more money with self-publishing. But also with traditional publishing, you have teams upon teams who are helping make sure that your book is a success. So you have a PR team, a marketing team, people who are deciding on the cover based on all the data they have access to. You have a design team, an editorial team. So everything is taken care of in-house. Whereas if you're self-publishing, that's all on you, which can be a lot. Regardless of which route you go, when your manuscript's done, then it is either submitted or you give it to an editor that you hire if you self-publish. And from there, it becomes a real book, which is so exciting. I don't think you can go wrong. I think if you want to publish a book, I will order it. <laughs> it's a really fun process. It's really challenging. But I have honestly been obsessed with it. I am like, every day, I'm like, I'm going to be a writer forever. I love, I just love the process so much. Anyway, that is how I have written my book. I hope that you gained some tidbits of information that are helpful for you in writing your own book. Definitely come find me on Instagram at all of you whole. If you found this helpful, if you want to send me a DM about your writing process, anything like that, and then stay tuned for my book about healthy and intentional living that will come out in January of 2025. It feels long, but I know it'll feel really short when it comes around. So thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast, and I will see you next week.